listening to The Private Citizen. Defending your right to have something to hide. This is episode 127 for Wednesday, the 12th of October, 2022. Special military operation. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. My name is Fab. I'm coming to you live from Düsseldorf in Germany. And um, tonight uh, we're going to talk about, well, your feedback. We're going to talk about what you wrote, me. Uh, I've, I've been announcing this for quite a while. I've been teasing this. Uh, I wanted to do a, a full feedback episode. I've collected feedback uh, over the over the last few weeks um, pertaining to the last few episodes. And I thought it would be neat uh, to put you, the producers of the show, um, into the focus of one episode um, and, yeah, um, showcase a little bit why I like feedback so much and talk a little bit about why it's so important to me. So that's what we're going to do tonight. I'm also, um, as, as usual, as I try to do always, um, I'm broadcasting the recording of this live on Twitch. I'm streaming this. So um, we might get some live feedback um, from Twitch. So I, I invite the Twitch audience to chime in um, whenever they feel that is appropriate. And I will pick out important things and, you know, um, put them in with the with the rest of the feedback tonight. So, um, yeah, that's, that's what we are doing Um yeah, I called this episode "Special Military Operation." You'll you'll understand why uh, in a, when we get to the uh, appropriate feedback. But you know, it's just um, you know we're just we're just we're just doing um, feedback. So if you um, listen to the podcast and you use the the podcast chapter feature, and you're wondering why there are so few chapters and why does it start with producer feedback this time, um, this is why because. Um, that's that's what we're doing uh tonight so let's or whatever whatever time it is it is it is relatively late at night i had a very long day today so lots of stuff to do i actually streamed some gaming before on twitch and then that's all all kinds of other stuff so yeah it's it's, it's kind of late at night for me but um let's get into um our our topic for today <laughs> Before we talk about um, the actual feedback, um, I think I want to, um, well, the, the feedback from you, um, I want to mention a little bit, I mean, I, I say this pretty much every show, um, but I kind of want to put it uh, front and center here um, once more. Um, I just wanted to mention that I appreciate your feedback a lot. And um, a lot of the feedback in this episode is from the forum which is kind of my favorite feedback. I and mean, we have a forum, or I have a forum for my website, which is fab.industries, and it's at forum.fab.industries. But um, there is a, um, a special section for the Private Citizen Podcast. And of course, you can find links to these uh, forum topics um, in the show notes at privatecitizen.press. Um, but I kind of like the forum because, you know, it, it's, um, it fosters kind of a... Uh, community atmosphere uh, among the producers of the show and uh, it kind of um, invites discussions uh, which are really good and especially in this episode um, we have some really good discussions we have some you know um, later on we'll we'll talk about feedback you wrote in about 
my discussion of you know uh, current situation with with Russia and uh, Nord Stream and all of that, and we have some feedback from the Russian side. And uh, we have some feedback from from the other side, from people who actually know what they're talking about uh, when it comes to NATO. So that's very interesting. I have some very cool listeners uh, with very interesting jobs um, that that have very interesting things to say. And uh, I just appreciate this feedback. Of course, um, there's uh, an, an email, and this is uh, as feedback as well. You can also uh, write me emails. Uh, just go to privatecitizen.press. All the details about how to contact me in various ways are on there. And I also got, you know, over the over this period, I got a lot of, um, yeah, we have feedback that I wouldn't want to put in the show. Uh, some of it where you specifically told me not to put it in the, to the show, and other stuff where I thought, well probably better uh, not to uh, talk about this uh, publicly but it is nonetheless a very interesting insight so um, I just wanted to say um, I appreciate that as well if you just you know write to me privately or write me a private message on the forum or in some cases on Twitter or just write me an email of course you can write me uh, encrypted email as well once again privatecitizen.press has all the details um, yeah but uh, so for 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 this episode i have feedback on episodes 122 123 124 125 and um the previous episode 126 so um we're gonna we're gonna talk about all these episodes and um let's start with um episode uh, 122 drachenlord defeated where i once again talked about reiner winkler aka drachenlord uh, you know the german youtuber and uh, of course, if you know if this is kind of your first episode of the podcast, if you're joining us, um, if you do, uh, welcome. You're very welcome. But this is probably not the best episodes to start with. Um, you should probably start at 122. Uh, you know, f- for this episode to make any sense. So that's just uh, that. That's just as a little tip here from me um, in the beginning. Anyway, um, on on episode 122. On the forum, uh, Astral C uh, said the following: I saw Count Dankula, Count Dankula's coverage on Drachenlord, and he, he po- posts a link to a video by Count Dankula, who is uh, one of the few uh, English YouTubers who's or English-speaking YouTubers who's covered Drachenlord. Um, there was another guy whose name escapes me right now, who also went to uh, visit. Uh, Drachenlord and and who Drachenlord shouted at uh, for being a hater. I uh, can't I can't remember his name now. Anyway, this the Count Dankula video is is, is quite good. <laughs> as Lucy also notes that it came out on the same day as the podcast. Um, I think that is probably coincidence. Um, anyway, um, so so he says. Uh, I saw, saw Count Dankula's coverage on Drachenlord. After watching this, I also want to shout, Rainer, you fucking idiot. Dude is taking the worst possible choice in every case. I'm still amazed on how some celebrities, famous or infamous, internet or otherwise, can self-destruct in such spectacular ways. Um, yeah, I don't think this way in which uh, Drachenlord has uh, self-destructed is, to me, not a very um, celebrity kind of way of self-destructing. Um, you know, it's it's arguably it's arguable if he's a celebrity or not. I think he definitely has some. You know, um, he's definitely a person of 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 interest, as we put it in Germany. You know, as far as private um, 
you know, the right to be photographed in public or something like that concerns is concerned, but I don't think he is really a celebrity and he's not like self-destructing in a celebrity way. You know, the kind of drugs, uh, alcohol excesses, marriage, falling apart kind of thing. Um, but um, he's definitely, yes, he is. He seems to, uh, as, as Lucy puts it very aptly, uh, always taking the worst possible choice, um, whatever he's doing. And to me... Um, I mean, you've, you've, if I've talked about this guy several times, you know, several aspects of the story, because I think it's a very interesting story. Um, and it's, it's something that I think will, you know, it's currently, it's a very German thing, uh, but will, you know, this kind of situation will happen in other places as well. And it's, uh, it's very, very, um, poignant as to, you know, uh, how, how people are treated on the internet and, and on all this kind of thing and hate speech and, um, and I've, you've, you've, if you listen to me talk about him, you might have heard me kind of struggling because I, on one way, I in one sense, I kind of um, sympathize with Rainer because he, the one one aspect of his character, which is this, I'm not, you know, I'm doing something and I believe in it, and and people tell me I'm shit, and uh, I will not stop because of that, right? I'll persevere. Is something I generally admire. And it's probably a character trait I have as well. Um, but on the other hand, um, seeing what that did to him is also very healthy, I think, for me, because it, it definitely shows how you can take this kind of attitude way too far and you can really destroy your life by doing this. So it's kind of a, uh, a cautious tale, um, I think. Um, but on the other hand, I also have absolutely no sympathy with him. I kind of, you know, I've kind of have sympathy with that attitude, but it ends there because I, um, in, in just consuming like hundreds of probably now thousands of hours of this guy's content, I've also, um, seen what a horrible guy he is. He's just a very, he's, um, I mean, yes, he, he, he had a terrible childhood and, you know, been a, a terrible time at school. Um, but that is no excuse for just being almost, I would almost say a disgusting kind of person. Because, you know, if you hear this guy talk, um, especially about women, um, when he talks about women, um, he, I mean, I've, 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 I've never seen um, outside of a, like a parody context, I don't think I've ever seen anybody being that objectifying of women, right? If you, if people complain about, um, treatment of women in video games. I mean, just listen to some some of the things this person has said. It's just horrible. Like he treats women just like they are basically just, um, you know, there for cheap in, in enjoyment and and to 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 birth children. You know, basically just like birthing chambers and and, and pleasure holes. Basically, that's really how he thinks. Um, and he he, has, he says this. Uh, he's, he's shown this a lot of times like he just recently like last week he put out a video on TikTok so he's back on TikTok he put out a video where he just said he just wants um, some women to uh, or he's looking for a woman to to make children with and the way he says it she's so like disgustingly condescending it's like unbelievable and um, I really think the guy thinks that way because he has no impulse control. So I think he, he like when you watch his videos, he often says things that are quite horrible. And then later on, um, he kind of um, tries to um, like 
um, gloss over them or like he never really apologizes for them but he kind of makes it sound like they either were a joke or you know he, he didn't mean it that way but I think he just he does I think he did because he has horrible impulse control he just says the things he, he thinks um, which are often quite horrible and it's it's apparent that he has no impulse control I mean the guy got 70,000 euros for when he sold his house and instead of like putting some to on the side of buying another house or a flat or renting a flat he just spent everything like on a on computer stuff he can't use uh, because because in a car like he was going to live on the road and uh, the, the, the worst car uh, to be undercover with and then some computer stuff you couldn't use because he was living in a hotel in his car like he just like threw that money away and um yeah that's why i think he really thinks that way and he's, he's just a um i don't know he's it's a, a horrible human being that's why kind of my my um feeling um sympathy with him like ends very quickly um and one thing I wanted to add before we go to another comment here by, by a listener is that the story, one of the reasons why I find this story so fascinating is not actually the story, which is a fascinating story. And and it's just as you just you, you just facepalm all the time, right? Um, like watch that count. Thank you, It's the same same thing, right? It's um, when you when you when you hear about him, you just what he does and his shenanigans. Chen- you, you like there's a reason people say they're writers in this. Th- Drachen game, you know the, the 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 as if this was a reality TV show because you, you like you you see this stuff and you're like this can't be real. Um, so it's a good story, but I find it much more interesting because it's a very good example. Um, I mean, I talked recently. Um, uh, was that I think that was the previous episode about journalism, and yeah, that was about fear-based journalism. But I've talked a lot about how journalism is bad, right? And and, and the Drachenlord story is just a perfect example because it is amazing how wrong the press gets this, um, like, and and the press because the press has created this mis understanding about this whole situation in the public's eye because the public obviously just reads what the press says about Drachenlord and the press is just very uh, wrong on him right because they just they just watch a video or two of him and they take a lot of what he says at face value and you know um, which is understandable because you know when he talks about how he's bullied and, and what the people do to him um, yeah that is true right I mean um, I mean not the bullying part because that is that is something you have to evaluate but what the people do to him the horrible stuff that people do to him is real right and that happens and you can check that as the press and then the press doesn't go any further and they don't spend the time of just watching the videos he put out like what actually caused people to react that way they just assume people are horrible and you know there's hate speech on the internet the internet's horrible um which to a certain degree is true um but the problem is that they don't understand what this guy actually did um, to make so many people hate him. And the to me, the obvious thing, the first thing I did is when I watched, you know, when I got into the story and started watching some YouTube videos on it was, let's actually go and look up what the guy does, like what's his content. And of course, it's a, it's like, it's a little bit hard because most of it is, is when that, now it's certainly deleted off YouTube, but even like a year ago, it was like, 
Um, he deletes his own stuff and stuff gets deleted, but it's all archived anywhere uh, in, in places. And it's very easy to find. It's like literally one search away and you can watch all the stuff. Like you can watch his old videos. You can watch the famous video where he, you know, said, come, come to my place and I'll, I'll beat you up. Um, it's all there and it's like really easy. Like, it's not like, yeah, as a journalist, you have to go somewhere and like, um, do some actual research. You just have to sit in front of your computer and watch a few hours of YouTube videos. And then you suddenly realize like that there's much more to the story. Now, but the press hasn't done that. It is consistently not doing that. The press is really shit on the story. And, and that shows that like, I mean, this is the story where the actual research is really easy because you literally just have to go to a website and watch some videos. Um, and it's so f so interesting because anybody, you know, this podcast is about um, thinking for yourself and doing your own research. And you can do that with this topic very easily. And then you can figure out, oh, man, yeah, the press really is shit. And what Fab's saying maybe isn't, isn't that wrong. Um, and that gets you thinking because on other stories where like, you know, journalists have actually have to be a little bit investigative and have to do some research and have to get to some sources that normal people usually can't get to. Um, that are, that those are the stories where you have to trust these people, right? But how can you trust them if on a simple story like this, where the research is much easier, they get it wrong, which you can check, right? And, and these, all of these journalists, I don't think they realize they're basically operating on this assumption that nobody will ever check what they do. But the internet has enabled people to, to do this more easily on stories and, um, yeah, it just it just shows how large parts of the press are just doing a horrible job, um, which you know pains me to say as a journalist. But that's the way it is. It's like the typical thing, you know, when you when you listen to press reports on the topic you know anything about, you often think like they have no idea what they're talking about. And then if you get to thinking, maybe this also happens on the topics that I can't check them on because I don't know anything about. It, it gets really scary. Um, but anyway, we also had a comment from uh, India Charlie, uh, who added to um, what Astro C said. And uh, India Charlie said the following, I'm from the UK and had never heard of Drachenlord, so I found the podcast on him very interesting. I'll also check out the video linked above, so you know, the video uh, Astro C linked. Um, as Astro C has said, it's amazing that some people, when faced with the choice, seem to keep taking the worst option each time. I try to make sensible choices in life, so it's a very odd concept. Yeah, it's with downloads. It's just it's it's a very singular story. When I say this is going to become interesting, you know, something like this is going to happen um, in other countries. I mean, um, like the very high level uh, internet hate speech debate about situations like this. I I I I'm, I strongly believe something like Drachenlord will never happen again. This guy, this guy is a singular situation. And this, the amount of times he fucks up and like the predictable way in which he always fucks up again and again in the same way, even though like, okay, he's not listening to people telling him because he thinks everybody who, who even like, like, you know, criticizes him even in a productive way is a hater. But like even without listening after like 10 years of doing the same thing. It's like that definition of insanity is like, you know, um, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. That's kind of what he's doing. And it's it's kind of weird. Uh, next show title, The Drachenlord Singularity, says 
Jonathan MH. Yeah, that's actually not bad. Although that that sounds even more scary. That sounds like either um, I mean the guy weighs two hundred kilograms, right? Either he's gotten so fat that he's collapsed into himself and just sucking the universe in, or like I don't know his his idiocy has reached a concentration level where it's just collapsing reality around him. Actually, that, that's not a, that's not a bad novel idea. Um, let's move on. I I already have a novel that I'm working on. I don't need another one. Um, let's talk about episode one hundred one two three one hundred twenty three electrical network frequency analysis. Redeemer F said, "Wow, this really sounds like science fiction. Thank you for sharing this. I haven't heard about it before." Well, I'm 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 glad uh, you got something out of the show, and then Petit Michel added. Um, I also found it very interesting. I was wondering if similar techniques could be used to estimate location uh, within a region, not simply 50 versus 60 hertz. You know, because there's 50 and 60 hertz regions around the world. I talked about that in the episode. All the episodes are linked in the show notes, by the way. Uh, Private Citizen or Press, if you want to refresh your memory. Uh, there does seem to be research in this area, and he quotes on a paper that he also linked. Um, so, quote, the main focus of this report is to answer the question whether it is also possible to accurately determine the location of a video or audio recording with the ENF information when the ENF information is available. The first attempt to localize a recording was done in 2013. Inspired by their findings, a theoretical framework is proposed to gain insight into the observation that the ENF signal is not exactly equal at all locations of an interconnected grid. Next three different Next, three different localization methods are compared. Finally, the new findings are discussed and recommendations for future research are given. It's very interesting. Um, I actually looked into this paper a bit. Very, very cool. And this is why I like the forum so much because, you know, people link stuff like that. I mean, you can also send me emails, but this is cool because other people can also like then check that out. And I find this very, very interesting. Also very scary because, you know, the thing I, when I thought about that episode afterwards and I was like, yeah, so this electrical network frequency analysis is a very cool and interesting technology. Um, as I discussed in the show, it's basically um, analyzing the 50 or 60 hertz hum in a audio recording and then figuring out if it was edited and exactly when it was recorded. It's pretty cool and has some interesting, you know, like spy um intelligence service applications but it's i think it's just an example it's just one example we know about just imagine like all the myriad different other hacks you can probably do on digital information that we just like spew out all of our lives um it's very scary like with the resources of somebody like the nsa or like the fsb just imagine what they can do with this shit um yeah very scary Let's move on to episode uh, 124, when doing the right thing actually isn't, which was about the Steph- Stephanie Sterling versus Domina death uh, thing. Um, and we have here a very, very uh, personal, but also like courageous and, and a very interesting email, uh, forum post actually, forum post um, even, uh, from Bazawil, which I just want to read out uh, in full because I thought it was very interesting. So Basil Will says, um, <clears throat> I'm writing this feedback, I'm writing feedback on this episode, mostly to talk about myself, you know, which is fair. I, I like to uh, hear about my producers and Basil Will's been around for a very long time. Um, I think I agree with most of the points you made, but I have a few pieces of nuance to add. However, 
First about me, I very recently identify as non-binary. This is something I've wanted to share with this community, but it did not come up in general conversation and did not feel, and I did not feel the need to drop it into conversation out of context as in Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> oh, by the way, I'm, uh, what was it? I'm pansexual. Um, technically, I identify as a bearded autistic man that wears a dress. However, I use the identifier gender queer, which pretty much sums, sums up my outward gendered appearance as weird, which I'm okay with. Makes sense. Uh, the reason for including autistic here is that I inwardly kind of identify as male, but not a typical male. Okay. Um, I, I can't comment on the autistic thing because, you know, while I know, um, you know, about the... Um, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the condition, um, I kind of don't understand how that fits into a person's gender identity or, I mean, but, you know, I guess gender identity is just a part of your, your identity in general, right? And if you have a, um, a condition, so is it okay to call it, I guess, yes, right. If you have a condition like that, it would very clearly um influence your your identity so kind of makes sense uh, the other problem i have with autistic is just that it's hard to grasp for me it's it's a very uh broad term um that is like I, I i have more success with understanding the actual you know the actual more medical um like definitions of certain conditions autistic you know the whole i mean it's often called the autistic spectrum is very like broad to me like if i read about that and i'm by far not a specialist but if i read about that um some of the like milder cases i would like identify with myself like some of that stuff i would think you know um, when when they describe how especially children in school um if they have mild autism like how they react to other kids i was certainly the same way um, but i wouldn't call myself autistic because of it i, I just think it's, you know, it's a, just a spectrum of how people are. People are just incredibly different, right? And maybe it was just back in the day, you would just call somebody like that chai at that point or like nerdy um, or, or whatever. Uh, Jonathan, uh, John, Jonathan M. Hitai, <laughs> um, chiming in uh, via Twitch, uh, also often an autism marker, different understanding of social constructs Maybe that's why. <laughs> Maybe you think I'm autistic. I don't understand social uh, constructs. Maybe, but like, I've, that's another thing. Like, you know, a lot of people don't understand social constructs or understand them differently, right? Um, some people are just, you know, the, the 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 traditional way of saying would be like socially awkward, right? When is that autism, and when it's like socially awkward? Um, yeah, the spectrum is really broad. See, that's kind of my problem. If you have a definition that's so broad, it's kind of it's kind of hard to use when you talk about it, right? Because you don't know what are you talking about. So this is my problem with. It's not really a problem, but this is like what I'm thinking when Basil will says that. Although you know, I kind of understand that it's kind of part of your identity. So, um, but that's I don't know really dumb example would be uh, i'm i'm a, i'm a trekkie right um at, at what point does that become part of my gender identity right it could be kink right i could be really attracted to uh people in star trek uniforms 
which I think is a thing. Is that is that part of my? I don't know. If I start wearing a Star Trek uniform all day, am I then suddenly queer, or am I just weird, or am I autistic? It's like kind of hard. Johnson says he said the name right, so uh, yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying my best. It's re that name is like as as the as the Zoomers say, real talk. That name is. Um, it's incredibly hard for some reason, but only because I'm in English mode when I do the show, right? Like German names, and especially like I, that Hetai, it's just, I, I just go to heavy immediately because it kind of looks British. It's just, it's it's not personal, Jonathan. Um, really, it isn't. Uh, but anyway, let's, let's, let's continue with, with what Baza was saying. Also, I would, I would like to say, uh, Baza, um, I, I have a lot of respect for you uh, being so frank with this in a, and also in a public forum. Um, I think it's really cool. Um, you, you, you definitely have my respect for this. Um, anyway, he continues. Okay, uh, enough about me. Firstly, let's talk about content creators that publicly espouse transphobic or other pure, poor behaviors. There are two examples of this in my life. Harry Potter and J.K. Rowling, who is, no, who is a known turf, uh, turf is oh god I'm gonna have to look I'm gonna have to search this because I'm gonna mess this up what it actually stands for. I know what it is but um, I, I have to uh, trans exclusionary radical feminist okay right I, I have to disagree with Baza on some of this but we'll I'll, let's let's hear him out first um, who's a known turf and transphobe and Joss Whedon for his alleged behavior with actors. Harry Potter is not a deep fandom of mine, but I enjoy the films. However, Joss's entire canon are formative works from my childhood. Well, him to misbehave. Uh, both of these works I have no problem continuing to enjoy and separating from the people or separating the people from their work. I think it's very healthy, actually. And enjoying the work um, of other good humans. Sometimes I wish there was a way to continue to support these works while not contributing to the coffers of J.K. Rowling or Joss, but that might be might not be possible. While there is, uh, I'll be a tiny direct link to transphobia in the case of this video game, which the episode was about, I do not agree with Valve's censorship other than to remove all reference of this language if possible or appropriate. I've not actually gone and read what was written, which I don't think is, you don't actually need to. Um, it doesn't also really matter, to be honest. Um, when it comes to this, I mean, it was, it was, it was bad enough that, that, you know, um, that that is debatable whether it should be uh, it should be removed or not. And that's really was really the point. Uh, when it comes to this level of censorship, um, I do not agree. I believe that in some cases it might be appropriate to self censor, not necessarily in a cancel culture way. But there can be situations where, as a personal choice, you may not buy a game or you might otherwise enjoy it if you did not want to support the individual individual person. Um, Oh, you not not buy a game you might otherwise enjoy if you did not want to support the individual person, but that is up to me as an individual, not a company, to make a choice for me. Yeah, I think that's that's very healthy. Um, let me just go back to the Harry Potter and J.K. Rowling thing. Um, um, so I personally, so this is my personal opinion on this. Um, I mean, I've I've read Harry Potter. Um, I would when I was, uh, so this was like God. When was this? Basically, when the books came out. Um, I wouldn't really have considered myself a fan, but I, you know, I really liked her writing and her books. And um, 
I don't care about all the other. I mean, I watch the films, but I really like the books. The books are really cool. And then after that, it's kind of got relatively unimportant to me. Um, but um, I have um, a little bit of a problem with this um, term turf because um, I do understand her point of view in a in a certain way. Let me let me explain. Okay, so. Um, in an old school feminist way, right? And I'm talking the generation of my mother, basically, you know, largely people that were involved in the 70s and the 80s um, in, in, in women, women's rights and specifically in women's rights. We're talking in Germany, um, you know, fights that were political fights that were going on for a long time and to some degree are still going on now. Uh, about women, um, uh, you know, to have the right to have an abortion and uh, stuff like that. Um, there's still a par- like a, an, an article in German criminal law that criminalizes, um, I mean, abortions are legal, but what's criminalized is um, advertising them, which is really dumb. And, and it's like a, an article that should have we should have gotten rid of like ages ago because you know we don't have, we do not have a really political debate about this in Germany Germany is this is not the same a debate as in the US like even very conservative um traditionally religious people in Germany so I'm I'm talking Christians right these days there is also um a somewhat prevalent muslim majority uh, a minority but leaving them out and we're talking Christians and we're talking the Roman Catholic Church um, even with those groups, it is largely accepted uh, that this kind of thing should be okay. You know, abortion should be a choice of of, of the person, and and definitely, you know, why not advertise them? Why can't a doctor say, "Hey, I perform abortions"? So um, it's not it's not that much of a fought battle, but it was right. And and for these people, um, I don't know because I haven't been really into this. I've just seen this. I haven't really deeply researched this. And so I don't know how transphobic J.K. Rowling is. I've certainly seen some things she said um, which were interpreted in that way. But for me, you can also interpret them as somebody, you know, she is, how old is J.K. Rowling? Let me look this up. J.K. Rowling is, was born in uh, 1965. So she's a bit younger than my mother. Um, she's about, I would say, what's that, 10 years younger than my mother? Um, uh, more than 10 years, but yeah, okay. Um, but, you know, she is she's definitely, like, if you if you grew up around that, let, let, let's, let's just play devil's advocate and consider her um, an old school fem- feminist. There is a viewpoint where there have been hard-fought political battles that were specifically for women's rights. And I can, I don't understand why a person um, is demonized for having a certain opinion. And if your opinion is that, for example, you could you could you could have the opinion that you're fighting for women's specifically for women's rights, and you just don't care for trans rights. There are people who care about that, but you personally don't. Like your point is. Um, you're fighting for women's rights and women still in our society, like that could be your, you know, your standpoint still aren't um, on, you know, they're still aren't um, uh, equal 
with men and so that fight isn't over and the trans right fight is distracting from that now i don't agree with that personally but i can see how somebody could be of that opinion and i do also simple like sympathize with some of her um or what i've seen her say in statements because i am somebody um i'm by no means transphobic I'm not afraid of trans people. I think trans people should exist. I support their choice to, you know, whatever they want to do. Um, if you're born with a certain, you know, set of genitalia and you want to change that or you, you feel differently, I support all of that. But I am a person who is grounded in science, or I try to be. I'm also somebody who's married to a biologist. And a thing that totally, you know, gets my gander or as the kids these days would probably say triggers me to no end is when um there are certain um people who fight for trans rights who basically um try to deny that sex so biological gender uh, is a thing or that it, it is important and yes i understand you know then biologically speaking they're there there are more than two genders, right? Um, certainly with with animals and, you know, I don't know if it gets much weirder when you go into plants, but, you know, let's talk about animals. Um, and there's certainly with humans also, you know, there is there's edge cases, right? There's people who have no genitalia. There's people who have two uh, sets of genitalia. There's all kinds of stuff. There's, pe- there's chromosomes. There's people who have, you know, all different kinds of chromosomes. But... You know, in a statistically, um, if you look at the human population in statistically, um, um, no, I've, I've forgotten the word, um, relevant, statistical re- relevant um, analysis of the human population, there is two, uh, you know, biological sexes. And there's a very specific function why, why you know there's a there's a good scientific reason why it is that way because humans procreate it doesn't mean all humans have to procreate or can or you know should whatever but biologically speaking there is a, a very very discreet uh you know set of sexes there and they're always at cases with everything you know you Organisms, biological organisms, are very complicated. There are all kinds of mutations. There's all kinds of stuff that can happen. You know, there could be evolutionary stresses to create a third sex. All kinds of stuff. Um, but I just really, really dislike people who um, try to like brush that aside and go, "That is it's all not important." And people who pretend that, for example, men and women. Um, are the same they are not they're biologically not like their whole endocrine system is completely different right that their, their hormonal balances is different that doesn't mean you can't change that you know that doesn't mean you can't go through to a gender transition but you know i've talked to the funny thing is like the, the 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 trans people i really respect and and i i respect their opinion they always they say the same thing you know if, if you for example you're born as a male and you want to become a female you learn very quickly um, about hormones and and what kind of like changes you have to go through and that there is a definite difference and um, I just don't like the people who try to negate that. I'm not saying 
uh, Battle of Wills doing that. I'm not saying, you know, I'm, I'm just saying um, some of the stuff that I've seen that J.K. Rowling said, um, where she was uh, then, you know, uh, named a transphobe and a turf, specifically on Twitter, was just stuff that to me were just biological facts. And then there was some stuff that were opinions, um, where I do know, I, I also personally know. Uh, some feminists who are very specifically only feminists. They're not trans rights opponents, uh, proponents. They don't care about trans rights. Um, they don't care about gay rights. They they just care about women's rights, and they don't they don't actually care about sex, unless it's like sexual uh, harassment or whatever. Um, and I think that is a very specific t- thing to do. And on top of that, there's there's also things you have to. I'm I'm actually I have some. Uh, some some feedback here on 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 Twitch, which I which I get into. Let me just make finish my point here. Um, and um, there's also very two two things about J.K. Rowling specifically and Joss Whedon. Uh, I mean, I'm okay with if you wanna if you if you think J.K. Rowling is a transphobe and that's an opinion you can have. Um, I personally, I don't know. I haven't looked into this. I don't really care. Uh, with just means a bit different, but like um, with with J.K. Rowling, I I, I don't care. Um, but she is definitely, um, I mean, she she has done uh, some things for gay rights. Um, you know, she has specifically put a very prominent gay character into a children's book. Um, you know, it's it's debate. I wouldn't say she was like. Uh, trailblazing in that or whatever I, I actually had this discussion with my wife uh, a while ago where she was like well that's no thing you know other people have done that before but i was like you know at this point when she did this these books were massively popular massively popular so she had a huge audience and she did this and i think actually um it was probably a good thing for representation um at that point but it was specifically gay representation same thing with joss whedon joss whedon has a a a, a big history of just uh, you know supporting feminism not only um supporting uh feminist charities but also you know uh creating um like very strong and very good like unlike many many screenwriters these days very good female characters um not only in buffy which was never really my thing but you know firefly uh, is one example and and he's done some very smart writing around um you know women's rights um especially in firefly so he he doesn't definitely has done some for that that doesn't mean um you know the whole thing he's been accused of uh, isn't bad or horrible or um, uh, I believe hasn't happened. I mean, you know, the the, the thing is people are, what we're, what we're discussing is people are very great. It's not like Hollywood, like where you Darth Vader or you Obi-Wan Kenobi. People are um, very complex and, and, and they can be good in one aspect and then they can be shitty people in other aspects. It's kind of like Drachenlord. I don't think the guy is completely horrible. As I said, I think he has some very, very. He's in in some some aspects. He's a disgusting, horrible being. But in under other aspects, it's like, oh, I kind of feel with that guy because it's like this this part is really isn't his fault, or like he's just like being a bit dumb here. But like uh, I'm kind of feel sorry for him. So it's like it isn't black and white, and that's why I think what um, what Basil says that you know I can still enjoy. Um, 
these people's works, um, that's a really, like, I think, grown-up thing to do. And I try to do that. I try, you know, I, I love the writings of H.P. Lovecraft. Now, H.P. Lovecraft was a fucking racist, which in many ways wasn't his fault. That was just his time. But when you read these books today, you go like, or these stories, you go like, holy shit. Um, that is fucking, you, 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 like compared to what other people say some stuff on tv to these days is racist like that is some actual fucking racism um or i mean orson scott card was a horrible person in some respects but he wrote some really good stuff now there's also um other examples there's there's people who are just bad um like L. Ron Hubbard, right, is a ho- was a horrible person in almost all respects. And his writing is fucking horrible as well. Um, uh, but yeah, um, I, you know, I think things are often um, very gray. Um, and it's, it's very hard and a very adult thing to do uh, to divorce stuff like that. I mean, it's kind of like... Um, some people really were really shocked when you know the Adam Baldwin who plays Jane on Firefly like has some some political views that a lot of progressive people really don't like and then like the immature childish teenager way to deal with that is I fucking hate this I hate Firefly now Um, whereas Firefly is still a good show and that's a good he plays a good character and he plays that character very well I mean you don't have to like that person Right, it's kind of like my favorite movie of all times: *The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly*. Now, um, Clint Eastwood is an amazing actor, and then for what he does, he's the best. There's nobody who has ever approached the man with no name, like in the way, like Quentin Tarantino has tried his whole career to create a character that is that cool, and he just doesn't get close to it by even a continent um and he doesn't have actors that are that good i'm sorry i don't like quentin tarantino and almost all of his movies pretty much all um but you know that doesn't mean i like clint eastwood or his opinions you know that i can divorce that anyway we had some stuff here uh, in uh, on, on twitch that jonathan says uh, as far as a, a fake as far as i know jk rowling just says trans women aren't women so not differentiate differentiate in gender and sex yeah and that's something you know i can like you can you can i think that's a valid opinion to have that come that that depends on how you um how you uh, interpret this right if you if you interpret this on a very specific scientific biological um way then she could be right it, it also very much depends on the trans woman but like you know, um, in a and that's 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 the, the problem I have with some of these people as well. Um, I probably would be called Torvay, except I'm not a radical feminist. <laughs> well, I wouldn't be. I'm a, I'm a man. Uh, but you know, um, I I would agree. Yes, like um, certain trans women. You know, in the in the biological sense, where you define, um, you know, are you a man or a woman? by biological sexual sexual characteristics as you know you learn in school like primary sexual uh, sexual organs and you know um your hormonal um situation then you know if you to to put it easily if you have a penis and you don't have a vagina 
and you have a lot of testosterone in your blood, then yes, biologically you're a man. Um, but I think, you know, I, the whole gender thing to me, um, is, uh, I think it's just that the terming and how people discuss it is wrong. Like, I, I don't, I don't like this whole, uh, the, the, the way people discuss that. I would just say, I mean, who cares? Right? Who cares what you biologically are? If you want to wear a dress and you want to call yourself whatever, I mean, I don't give a damn. Who, you know, and then if JK Rowling gives a damn, I wouldn't give, won't give a damn about her. Um, anyway, Plusmit uh, says, uh, no, uh, no, don't try to get cancelled. I'm just kidding. Don't worry. Um, dude, I've been, um, I mean, I've, Literally, one of my episodes uh, of this podcast was was deleted of YouTube uh, because YouTube was of the opinion that I was uh, uh, saying things about the pandemic that were contradicting um, what the uh, World Health Organization said, which was obviously completely bullshit because the only thing I did was talk about the side effects I had uh, after receiving uh, my my, vex my first vaccination, which was factual. And I have pictures of the rash that goes down to my primary sexual organs, uh, but you know, I mean, I've been I've been in a situation before, so let's let's not worry. Um, Jonathan says, which is why you differentiate between gender and sex. Easy. Your example is like saying, "Are you a man? You must want to bang women." Well, kind of no, because like you don't differentiate between gender and sex really, because those are very two. Like to me, those, that that just doesn't mix. Right, I mean that's two very different things. What you, who who you want to fuck, and what you feel like as your identity, um, to me has no bearing on what your biological sex is. And I think that is the thing, that is that is the thing that's hard to get across, which most people can't because they're like, oh, uh, so we're all about gender, so biological sex doesn't matter, right? Um, that that was basically. Um, I did actually have in in university, and this is like this was what two thousand and five, two thousand and six. I actually had one semester of gender studies in English literature, which they were just starting, and I was just constantly fighting with the uh, professor or the tutor. She wasn't a professor actually, um, because she was constantly saying things like this, and I was like, no, they, you know, there is a thing like biological gender, and yes, women and men are very different. I mean, you can. You can, you can, I mean, in a, you can kind of try to get away with this in a literal, uh, you know, in a, in an English lit, um, course. But then if you have somebody there who actually paid attention in biology class in high school, uh, then, you know, they can pull you up on your bullshit. So for me, it's just not like that's like, why, why does that even matter? Like, like what's, what's the point? I mean, isn't the whole thing about trans being open to trans? people that we don't care right who, who gives a fuck i mean in certain like in certain situations you care but like those are very specific situations like you know if you're in a club and you're like coming on to somebody and you, let, let's say you're a man and you like to bang women who have vaginas and you know you need some clear communication at that point right i understand that you don't want to end up with a guy in bed or with a 
woman or what you know whatever they term this after if you you basically expect it in a vagina and you end up with a dick or the other way around that is the situation you want to avoid but that's not something we need to discuss like when it comes to like jk rowling's work because like why does that even matter that's a very specific situation that you can can sort out in that situation by just communicating clearly which people should do more um um Yes. Um, now we have a discussion if people are, uh, are, are swearing. Uh, I hope I hope I'm not filtering Twitch chat. Uh, I'm trying not to. Um, I have no moderation messages here. Uh, you should not get filtered. I hope um, because I am not a I'm not a fan of this. Um, people should speak their mind. This is why we're all here. Um, uh, as Lucy says uh, it is also how you perceive the other self-identification doesn't change it yeah that's another aspect of it um, if it looks like a duck yeah that's the other that's the other aspect of it right people I think um, people in a that are like very uh, pro-trans and like you know Twitter on Twitter and they post all this shit um i think they often don't understand that um often how you perceive yourself um you know doesn't matter to a lot of the world out like there is a when you go out in the real world how you perceive yourself and how other people perceive yourself will kind of clash and the more okay let's put it this way it's the more eccentric you are in how you perceive yourself, the more that will clash with a majority of the people who are very um, set in their ways. That's just how like society generally is, right? And that doesn't even have anything to do with gender identity. If to to continue my earlier um, example, if I just like to wear Starfleet uniforms and I I will now go out on the street here in Düsseldorf and and start wearing Starfleet uniform. Um, people will that will clash with people's expect expectation of what people should do and will and and i as when i'm doing this i mean i i i fully support anybody to do to do this more people should wear starfleet uniforms all the time because they look good um but you know you have to realize that that will clash with reality and depending on where you are it'll clash more you know and this is of people will look at me funny or even ask me or make fun of me, probably. Uh, in London, nobody would have cared. In London, in the, in the tube, you can do whatever you want. You can literally have a chicken on your head. And <laughs> nobody would even, like, look at you twice. Because it's London. Um, uh, yeah, so... Uh, it's... Um, it's Yeah, it's like that. Um, Johnson also says, kind of exactly how it works. Also, how I can change my legal gender in Denmark from my desk through an online service. Um, yeah, but that's like, a, that's an, that's another thing. Like, why, um, like, why does that even matter? Is, is, is my question. Like, you know, um, why, why does the government even need to know your, your legal gender? Like they just need a field you can put in somewhere how you want to be addressed, and if if you want to address want to be addressed as Supreme Star Lord, I mean why not? You know it's not really it's kind of like oh you know, the German ID card doesn't have your your religion for historic reasons, but it really shouldn't. Like what what? How does the government care? 
Anyway, uh, let's let's continue with. Um, I'm 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 completely on a tangent here, but I think just think it's an interesting discussion. But let's continue with what Bezerwill said here. Um, um, there was a last point. Yes, last point. There was something that came up for me when you talked about subtle versus overt representation. I think I agree with your overall sentiment, but I wanted to add one point. As a non-binary, bisexual, autistic man, I have recently come to realize that many TV shows and movies have not represented me up to very recently. There are a number of shows I have watched recently that have done an excellent job of representing autistic, trans, non-binary, and other sexuality, etc. in an excellent way. There are also some others who have done it in a tokenistic terrible way when this is done well it has a profound effect on me to actually be seen on screen uh, is so moving um, i understand that uh, my problem in general is that just i think just writing these days isn't really good so they often fuck that up um, in my opinion see star trek discovery um I mean, Star Trek Discovery, actually, uh, Bezerwill said uh, in this comment as well, I kind of cut that out, but um, he said he also, he liked Star Trek Discovery. I'd be, Bezerwill, I'd be very interested to hear why and maybe discuss it if possible, because I'm really interested in that. Because I, for, I, for example, I think the Discovery completely botched this because, I mean, the whole Michael Burnham thing from the beginning, it's obvious to me that they wanted to have a transgender um, character and then pulled the punch. Uh, and then just ended up with like a normal female character that just has a male uh, first name um, for some weird reason because Vulcans can't tell them apart or whatever. Um, it it just like that was just horrible to me and a lot of the other stuff just because. I, but that's just because Discovery's writing is bad. I mean the the Star Trek writing is also bad. I mean they don't even know what a what a turbo lift looks like or how much space there should be for a turbo lift in the ship. Even though they could just get the the TNG technical manual, which I have on my desk here somewhere. Um, and then they would figure that out. But um, I mean, I understand that. But like the, the the other thing is, I think just a lot of the writing is, is bad. And I understand how empowering it, it can be to be represented. But I do think that um, in a lot of, well, in, 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 in certain productions, they're just trying to, to overdo it. And it's kind of... Um, it's a laudable goal, but you also have to realize that you are a very specific audience, right? Um, it's kind of, um, you know, for me, as I mean, this might be a bad example, but like for me, um, I had kind of the opposite example because I, I like to watch a lot of, you know, English TV shows and, and have done so for like, you know, 30 years uh, or longer. And, um, to me, it was always I like I like history stuff, right? So I I, I like World War Two movies, for example. Um, but to me, as a German, I always find like there's not enough representation. Like the representation of Germans in World War Two is just horrible. Like they're just all like Nazis, and it's like the writing's really bad most of the time. They're just the evil Nazis. Whereas it's it's a very very nuanced thing you know and because i you know my grandfather was was in the waffen ss to me this is a very interesting topic um and and i i personally would like to or i mean would like to see more uh depictions of like germans in world war ii i mean das boot which is by no uh it's it's not really a um an accident that that's made by germans but you know that's a very interesting um coverage of something like this right where it's like it's, it's very nuanced and they have like uh specific and there's this very specific 
Nazi characters and he's actually in the in the party you know on board and then most of the other guys are just like you know they're just soldiers uh, and, and, and and there's 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 interesting stuff about that so I, I find that kind of interesting but I always understood that I'm a German right and these TV shows are made for Americans and English people so I'm kind of like I understand that I'm not the audience or just a very small part of the audience and that's why they won't have characters like that um, I find it laudable when it happens, but I really understand why that often isn't the case. And I feel like sometimes um, people like, you know, um, trans, I mean, trans people are a, a small major, a minority. Um, it, it's kind of like, um, it's understandable that that is not often, um, you know, uh, like even gay people are, are a, a, a minority when it comes to society and I think often progressive people kind of forget this I mean there is a reason that there are very specific gender roles in most literary works and that's because um, a lot of these roles just apply to a majority of the population right the majority of the population is just heterosexual straight um, that, I, that that doesn't mean there shouldn't be other media, but like there is, I mean, to me, um, it, it's understandable that like that media is is the same percentage as that demographic is, right? So I don't know. Let's say let's say we're talking Hollywood and the US, and like let's say like two percent, which is probably which is probably way overinflated, but let's say two percent of the American population is trans, right? Then to me it would be normal if two like it would be understandable. Then two percent, maybe more, maybe five percent of all the stuff on television has some kind of representation. And you know, if you take the works of the last twenty years, it's probably right because there wasn't much representation. And I'm all for like representation, but it has to fit your, um, it has to fit what you're doing. And that's often my problem. It's often not done well, right? Um, and like it's often like it 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 needs to like it it can, it has a place in Star Trek, for example, as that especially like Star Trek is prime material for this kind of thing. And Star Star Trek always had like since since TNG, like since the original series, it's it's always had like uh, um, it's it's always um, made like gender roles part of its story and and in tng uh even more you know i recently mentioned that episode with Riker and like the, the 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 person from the planet where they don't have genders stuff like that but like they've done it well and in a in a good way and the, i would have expected discovery if it was a good star trek show to do it in the same way and they just like ham-fisted slap it on there and it's just like um you know, it's like, it's, and they botch it every time. There's just the normal, like, just the, the, the easiest thing would be, if you look at, um, if you look at Toss, right? All the important bridge officers are male, ignoring the cage. Let's, let's look at the series, the original series. And then in Next Generation, it gets a bit better. And then in Deep Space Nine, it gets a bit better. And then in Voyager, it gets better, right? But the thing to do it if you do a new Star Trek show is 
you make a new Star Trek show that's set after Voyager and you make it a lot better than Voyager. Right? But in a way where it's still maybe we're getting to a point now where it's just like in 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 discovery they went too far there's like more i think there's there's a lot they do this on a on, on purpose there's lots of more women characters i think you should get to a point me personally where it's where it's equal where people are equal and then you have a show that said afterward where people are equal and then you have can have commentary why it took till 2350 or whatever for this to happen and then you can some can you can maybe even write a smart episode or two about that why it took that long right but like the Star Trek people are dumb. They're, they're now doing shows set before the original series where like the bridge crew of a starship is all female, right? And then if you would watch that in continuation, you'd watch like The Cage and then you'd watch like Discovery or whatever and then you'd watch or, or Strange New Worlds and then you'd watch Toss and then you'd go, how did this... Uh, uh how did this whole like society went from we're making incredibly sexist jokes to a sudden and there's only male uh, people in or, or almost only male people in, in leading positions i.e the cage to oh there's there's women everywhere and now we're making sexist jokes about men to oh we're back to there's only men on the bridge and making sexist jokes about women in toss again like it doesn't make any sense like they're doing this in the in the, the most in the dumbest way you could possibly do this even though it would be so easy to do right and and that's like that's <laughs> that's what what I'm trying to say I think I'm I'm all for more representation but it has to be done like like anything it has to be done smart like you're when you're producing an um when you're producing an, and I'm thinking about this a lot I'm writing a fucking novel when you when you're producing a work like an, uh, a work of entertainment be it a novel a TV show a movie whatever you're doing this to entertain people right you can on the side also put like some political notions you find interesting in there but the really good authors do that without you as a reader or as a listener or as a viewer even realizing um and these days, I don't know. I think most people, most writers, have forgotten how to do that properly, which is which is bad. Anyway, Basil, I'd love to know uh, why you like Discovery, and I mean this really. I don't want to like like read out your opinion and dump on it. I'm really interested in. Maybe we can have like a discussion on the forum or an email, or whatever, and discuss this a little bit because, um, yeah, I mean, you obviously have very different perspective and i also wanted to say um uh, incredible courage of uh just just putting yourself out there like that i find that is that is awesome and uh i hope you know you've you've probably done your own thing for you know representation maybe somebody reads this um among the or or, or, or listen to this now among the listeners of the show and thinks wow that actually gives me some courage to you know put myself out there for the stuff i believe you know i i we are all we're all humans i think well that that is the down that and that was for me what star trek is about right and then we're not even all humans we're also romulans 
and Klingons and 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 Vulcans and we're all very different. We can, but that whole thing, you know, like Klingons and and, and Romulans and Vulcans, it's really just a metaphor for humanity. We're all incredibly different, but the the amazing Gene Roddenberry Star Trek, not the fucking. Jeff Roddenberry or whatever his fucking son who ruined everything. Gene Roddenberry Star Trek was a world where all where everybody, all us humans, could get along, and that's an utopia. That is something that will probably never happen, but it's something to aspire to, and something I aspire to. Like we're all very different, but we can all wear along. You like to wear a dress, I like to wear Star Starfleet uniform. More power to both of us, and more power to the people who just like to wear jeans or a fucking suit. You know, I mean. Who cares? I think, to be honest, you and me were both a lot more interesting than those people, and I really like to spend more time with people that are interesting. But, you know, takes takes all sorts. And we should just... It all boils down to we, just, we should just respect each other. And, um, yeah. That's, uh, that's what I think. And with that, let's move on to episode 125... What happened with Nord Stream? We got some interesting discussions on that, so let's get into that. Uh, also on the forum, we first had uh, Redeemer F saying, um, thank you for the very interesting analysis. I missed the news, so it was a, su a surprise for me. Unfortunately, this will have a grave impact on Germany and Europe in general, and I worry that uh, it will have the effect to push us further into the worst situation. And finally, thank you also for the very apt and nice song. Um, yeah, I... I don't know. I, I kind of, this is about like, you know, uh, the oil pipeline Nord Stream and uh, the gas pipeline, sorry, uh, being being attacked and uh, kind of destroyed um, or parts of it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think actually the uh, destruction of the gas pipeline won't have any, I mean, it's, it's, it's weirdly, um, it's weirdly unimportant because it was already off and not being used. So that's, that was kind of my point, right? The only one who really, uh, has a loss here is Russia because they could have used it as a bargaining ship which, is, which makes it weird if Russia blew it up um, which by the way as I record this we know nothing else uh, except what I said in that episode nothing nothing came out at all about this um, so no idea uh, but like it has it has a very bad effect in just that it's a political escalation right um, although I'm not I mean, it's just one. I mean, Ukraine blowing up that bridge uh, on the Krim that goes to the Krim Peninsula is kind of like the same thing, right? It just happens. It's war. Uh, we have more and more escalations like this, sadly. Um, that's that's how it goes. Um, I don't even know how important this specific one was. But uh, I'm, I'm happy that you liked the anal analysis and also the song. Um, uh, replying to this, this Necros said... I listened to the episode on a plane today, and I must say I rather agree with your analysis. Uh, it doesn't fit USA's modus operandi. It doesn't make sense strategically for Russia. And I didn't even suspect Ukraine until I listened to the episode because I don't believe they could have possibly pulled it off. I also wholeheartedly agree with the Kui protest. So who benefits? Uh, or that Kui protest is the most adequate way of solving this puzzle. However, I must point out that while Russia's lack of strategic sense in doing a thing like that is obvious, it doesn't really indemnify Russia per se. Russia has been making moves that make no strategic, strategic sense. And actually a strategic disaster left and right 
and center, left, right, and center lately, one could easily argue that the very launch of the special military operation, uh, asterisk, being a Russian citizen and a Russian resident, I can up can end up in jail for calling it a war, which is why he didn't. It's a special military operation. Um, the very launch of the special military operation was strategically insane from the start. Also, I forgot to mention awesome music track on this one. Um, I, I like that people like my uh, music choice. Um, I don't think it's insane. I think it's very uh, reckless. But it's like, um, I think I think why people think it's insane is um, because it's kind of like what it is. It's like 19th century geopolitics. It's very uh, like Napoleon. It's very... Uh, or even, yeah, but even, it's like kind of like Kaiser Wilhelm kind of, it's reckless, right? It's, 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 I don't think it's, it, it, I also don't think it doesn't make any sense. I think it makes sense just from the perspective of the people doing it, which have a very different perspective than us. Uh, but they're also the people in charge and we're the people who get shot uh, on the front line or as civilians. So, um yeah but i i get your point your point being it doesn't have to make sense from our, from our perspective and yeah i would kind of agree with that um and i don't know i personally i'm balancing my so my my thinking is there's only really two people who have the means to pull this off the us and the russians um, and I'm balancing mine. I don't trust the U.S. And I have never trusted the U.S. It's maybe just my generation. You know, the previous generation in Germany was kind of like, okay, they liberated us in World War II. But my generation is kind of like, ever since September 11th, I've just watched the U.S. doing one stupid thing after the other. So I don't trust them. They lie. You know, they they pretend there are the the as they used to say in World War II, the arsenal of democracy, and then they're just droning people at their weddings, and they don't care because they're just fucking brown people who live in sand, um, and they rubbleize the whole country. Um, so I don't trust the Americans, but then I also don't trust the Russians because I think in my mind, I mean, it kind of fits their way of thinking, especially, especially Putin, and I don't... I very, very much dislike the Soviet Union, and I think the current Russian Federation or parts of its state are way too similar to the Soviet Union, right? And there's still way too much, like, instead of Germany, who was forcibly denazified and where you could say probably not enough because there was still a lot of ranking Nazis uh in the intelligence services, in the military, even in the government, um, you know, but it was, it was, you know, it was very, very thoroughly cleansed as, as much as you can cleanse a society from something like this. And, and, and Russia has never been destalinized, right? Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me either way. What would surprise me if it came out that it was the Ukrainians? Then I would really want to know how they did it. <laughs> because I don't think you can do it with like a cheap drone. Um, yeah. That's that's kind of my my opinion on this. Anyway, then 
uh, India Charlie added to this. Uh, good episode, Fab. Thanks. My initial view was it's the Russians, but I think you've looked at all angles and there are several possible scenarios. You make a good point that if it if it was Russia and they had been caught red-handed, would that be considered a strike on NATO countries' infrastructure? Probably yes. I know NATO and Russia have deconfliction teams, channels, so events, in air quotes, can be discussed before they spiral out of control. But quite how that works in practice, other than it happens in private, is anyone's guess. Actually, this is a good point that I completely forgot about in all my coverage about this. Um, yes, that is a thing. Um, I don't also don't know how it works, but it is a, like from back in the Cold War, it is a documented thing and it's like publicly known, right? It's like it was even in James Bond movies, like the easiest thing. You know, in the, in the one Bond movie, it's like um, the American president has like a red phone that goes directly into the Kremlin. And, you know, they had stuff like that. They had channels of, you know, where basically the head of the Soviet Union and the uh, US president could speak and could kind of talk it out before they started the nuclear war, which makes complete sense and which also all developed out of the Cuban Missile Crisis, I think, uh, historically, where they just didn't talk at all or enough, and it nearly destroyed all of us. So, yes, I guess that's a actually a good point. It's also like um, one of the things that the fear-based journalism always neglects to mention stuff like that because it's kind of like a little bit... Um, you know, it's 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 it 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 gives you hope in humanity. Just like you know the the well-known story of that Russian dude who worked in that missile silo, what silo or whatever, was supposed to push the button and and destroy the planet um, because there was like a malfunction in the rocket detection system, and uh, they were thinking they were under attack by the Americans, uh, American ICBMs, and uh, he uh, like by the chain of command and everything, he was supposed to like just launched the nukes and he was like this doesn't make any sense um this is just one rocket wouldn't they just launch all their rockets um this must be a mistake and it was a mistake and he got like i think he got severely um punished for not pushing the button which is you know on one hand really really dumb on the other hand that's how the chain of command works as jane uh, would say do you know what the chain of command is it's the chain i get and go beat you with uh, <laughs> Just Whedon, <laughs> excellent writing. Um, whatever else you want to think of the man, um, yeah. So uh, from that point of view, it makes sense. But you know that kind of gives you hope as well. Um, or as as Sting uh, sang a long time ago um, in a song called "Russians," um, I hope the Russians love their children too, which I think is a is apt. We have to again. I'm I'm usually not this positive, but again, this boils down to mutual respect and just not demonizing the other side and seeing that they're humans everywhere, which is also my kind of thing. Like with the really interesting stories, see this, you know, about about the world about World War Two in Nazi Germany and those stories. This is why I liked Sabaton, right? Um, you know, just listen to the song uh, "No Bullets Fly" by Sabaton. I should probably should pull that in the show notes. Um, uh, which is which is a fascinating song about a, uh, a German fighter pilot who uh, was supposed to shoot down a British bomber who just bombed German cities and then he just looks over and sees like the planes completely shot off, uh, shot shot up, and he can basically see the airmen in the bomber just being wounded and crying, and he escorts the bomber out of the uh, 
you know, out of the German airspace. And instead of shooting it down, um, gives him a final salute and turns around. Um, and kind of risks his own life uh, in a court martial in, in doing so. And those are the stories that I really find interesting. Right? That, that's, that is the stuff that, that gets, pulls at my heartstrings because, um, you know, we're all humans and, and, and we have wars and, um, because it's just, that's how humans work. But the really important thing is the, when we, when you pull ourselves out of that, right? And the stories that are really, amazing other stories where somebody doesn't pull the trigger right and doesn't shoot the other guy um that's when humanity really shines through and the only way we can believe that we can ever get out of shit like this is if we believe that the other side has people like that too right and that we as you know as me living in germany i'm at this point i don't demonize the Russians, the Russian soldiers. I, I do not support what they're doing in their in quote special military operation, um, which is very special at this point because you know they're mobilizing people. So kind of hard to understand how to not call that a war. But on the other hand, you know I don't I don't blame some 17, 18 year old kid. Um, and, and even older, I don't. I also don't blame people who fall into the paranoia, uh, and and fall into the propaganda, and and get pulled, you know, on wrong information, and and dumb shit like nationalism and patriotism, which is just dumb. It's dumb on every side. It's dumb if you're a U.S. patriot. It's dumb if you, um, if you're a Russian patriot. Then, or really not German patriots, which is which is good, but um, it's yeah, it's it's a dumb thing to do but you know there's there's reasons why people do this right and and when you're like me and you have to come to terms with that your grandfather who was a very loving man uh, in the short time he 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 spent with you on on the on this earth and and who, who was also somebody who uh when he was 17 you know joined the waffen ss and then went to the front and probably shot a lot of people um yeah it's like being human is very complicated. From from your, you know, from your 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 sexual organs to your political beliefs, it's just it's just a very hard thing. And to get a segue here, working uh, into the next topic here, which is the previous episode, so the last episode we're going to talk about, um, that is something very hard to come to terms with, and even harder to communicate, which is why journalists mostly fail and based their reporting on fear. And that was episode 126, The Scourge of Fear-Based Journalism. So commenting on that, Necros again chimes in from Russia. Love the episode. However, the main example you used to illustrate your points from the start, the nuclear train, left me somewhat puzzled. Disclaimer, I'm not with the armed forces, and most of what I know about warfare is either from the open sources or from my military training back in the medical university. Of course, they trained me to act as a medical officer at the time of war, not as a proper officer. We were given some access to classified materials during that training, but understandably, not much of it is relevant. I can't say I read, uh, I read through the reports of the nuclear tank carefully. To be honest, I didn't care enough to investigate. Fair enough. Um, understandable. But my initial thoughts were certainly not 
total bullshit dismiss it. My train of thought. <laughs> I don't know if that, that was a deliberate pun there, but if it was, uh, yeah, hats off. Uh, my train of thoughts was more along the lines of obviously not ICBM scale stuff. Would make no sense. Should be some tactical stuff, something like those two kiloton shells, tulip tu pans. Does that have... Uh, uh, no, it has not has no IPA, so I don't really know how to pronounce that properly. Um, Jolpan? Jolpan? It's kind of like a self-propelled uh, mortar, I guess. Yeah, self-propelled mortar. Um, Jolpans use at distances of up to 18 kilometers or those 4-plus kiloton nukes that pions throw 30-plus kilometers away. So Peony? Peony uh, it's also like a self-propelled howitzer kind of thing I and mean, those are tactical nukes right this, um, I mean they're, they're nukes as you know nuclear weapons that are grenades that you can throw uh, which are not a very good idea because it'll probably kill you but you know the the, the more practical are mortars where you just you can, there's also one you can just fire you know from shoulder launched or just from just like a normal mortar and it like flies like 10 kilometers and then there is a nuclear explosion it's not a very big nuclear explosion but there is a nuclear explosion um, wouldn't really change the military situation if used but would provoke massive hysteria because it's nuclear nuclear escalating without really escalating fits Putin's MO perfectly yes I think you are completely correct on that one this one has a potential to backfire like hell not that it ever stopped those people true man do i live in interesting times we we all do um on a side note i wonder how they found out that those were nukes and not conventional charges probably should read into it nah screw it i have more urgent stuff at hand which is very sensible was there really something about the story that should have flagged it as total bullshit for me or did you really simply not think about the tactical stuff yeah uh, I did I did, didn't even come up because I think I just read more into the story and the the thing on the trains were um, god I, you, you provided links I really should have looked this up but they were like kind of the um, the um, they're like kind of like scud launchers you know that the, the Iraqi had scud launchers these these uh you know, basically tubes on the back of a truck that you can launch rockets with. And these are like, uh, I think they're ballistic, but so I think I've said this in the episode, so you can, you can, there are some rockets you can launch that have a nuclear warhead. And they're, they're like proper nukes. They're like, you know, I mean, we're, I think we're talking megaton range here. Um, but uh, you can also just launch um, conventional warheads. You can launch explosives and you can you probably launch uh, chemical weapons, all kinds of shit. Um, it was just ridiculous to say it was just random mil military equipment um, that you can also maybe launch nuke with and, and they've just said basically oh it's nuclear weapons and also the other thing so the the thing with the tactical nukes is they're so small that you can't tell them if you if they're on the train like you don't even have to have like a one of these howitzers well even you have one of these howitzers but they also also launch like conventional webs right it's kind of like how the germans have the panzerbitze 2000 and you know if we had like a shell that was nuclear that you could put in there like if you put those things on a train it was like like we would transport um 
a ton of Panzerhaubitzen 2000 on a train to Ukraine and then Putin went, oh, look, those they're, they're going to launch nukes because the Germans also have nuclear munitions. Like, in, we don't. But if we had, like, that would be a dumb argument because generally you just launch artillery, normal artillery shells with that. Right? Technically, you can launch nukes probably, but like, I mean, those would be small. Those would be shells. You couldn't tell. Like, you couldn't tell there was anything with nukes on that train. That was the whole idea. It was just, like, random military equipment. And then also there was so talking about nuclear tests. Now, firing a nuke wherever, like, that is not a nuclear test, right? And I think it would definitely escalate because I think NATO would see that as an MID, mutually assured destruction kind of thing. Like, I think... Even they're not attacking a um, a member of NATO, it would be right at the NATO border, you're firing a nuke. Like, I don't think under the much-quoted international law, it matters if that's an ICBM or if it's like a tactical nuke. I don't think that matters. Um, what is different is a nuclear test, which is weird because they were talking about nuclear tests. A nuclear test is where you build like a, a tower and you put a nuke on top or you put it under the earth or in the ocean. And then you tell everybody, guys, we're going to test something tomorrow and we're going to blow a nuke up there. And that is specifically different because that's not, I mean, that can be an escalation, right? Somebody like Kim Jong-un does that. That is also an escalation, but it's not an act of war. Um, it would be a big escalation if they did that on territory that the Ukrainians claim is their territory and the Russians claim is Russian territory, right? That could be seen as an act of war, but it would still be a nuclear test. We're just firing a nuke somewhere. It's not a nuclear test. You know, you can say that's testing a nuclear weapon, but that's like, like I don't know, uh, like the Americans launching a, a bunker buster bomb from like a, a stealth bomber into the Kremlin and saying we would just we just wanted to see if that bunker buster would like go through the Kremlin walls, right? That would be clearly an act of war. So I think this whole story was just incredibly bullshit. But I'm not blaming you for not looking into it deeper because, you know, you probably get more important stuff to deal about right now. I agree. And it was just a waste of time. Um, I just used it as an example. It was just an example that came along for basically journalism where, um, oh, my God, we're all going to die is substituted for, hey, let's do some actual research in the thing we're talking about. Right, and then um, on the same topic, uh, India Charlie added, added um, great episode, Fab. I've come to a similar conclusion over the last few years that virtually all news is a combination of fear-based and or teasing clickbaity title, which is purely to generate clicks without there being any substance behind it. Um, virtually all. I hope not the stuff I'm writing because I'm trying very hard not to. Uh, my question is, how can a person keep themselves informed in a world and current events, but without subscribing to the addiction of mainstream media? What sources do you regularly follow? And do you have a way of consuming news media that doesn't get you hooked on the continual breaking news stories? Um, so a few years ago, I would have said Twitter, or maybe even a year ago, um, which is a great source, but it's also now so full of the same shit. Um, that it's not a viable way. Um, what I would do is 
it's kind of more a mental thing. So I read the same news sources as everybody else, but I just get angry when they try to clickbait me, right? So for me, it's more of a, like, first of all, the, I think the first thing you have to do if you really want to get yourself out of this, get rid, break that addiction. Delete all your, whatever you need to do. Don't go to news sites anymore. And just like a very healthy thing to do is maybe also do this when you're on holiday or whatever. Just don't read, don't watch TV. Don't listen to the radio. Don't read any news. Deinstall Twitter, whatever you have to do. Deinstall all the apps. Don't read any news for like, I don't know, two weeks, three weeks, a month. And then you will realize you don't miss anything. And it's incredibly easier for you to do than for me because this is actually my job. Um, but I even I do that on holiday. So don't you you realize you don't won't miss anything. And then the thing is, um, just so what I do is like, okay, I I I can't do this because I know I'm a journalist and I, I need to um, stay focused on like I need to know about all this stuff. But what I if I was to ex extrapolate, is that a word? God, it's getting late. Uh, extrapolate um, what I would do if I wasn't a journalist, and I'm still interested in news. What I would do is I would not read any news, and whenever I'm prompted, like when I see a Twitter message or somebody talks to me, or you know somebody in real life talks to me and says, "Oh, you know the thing with Nord Stream or whatever," and then I'm like, "Okay, don't know anything about Nord Stream." But I'm just not going to answer that um, conversation. And then I'll, I'll go home or whatever. And I, I, I go online and I, I check. Then I have some sources, you know, that I don't necessarily trust. But maybe they're balanced sources. And I'll, I'll check what they say about Nord Stream. I'll just Google it or whatever. And then I read a little bit about this. Uh, and then I know, well, at least I know what they, what the current picture in in media is and if i'm really interesting i interested i can dig deeper how how much i think that corresponds with reality but then i know and then i go away right and i'm not like sitting there and have to have i have to read updates about it every like five minutes like why that's the thing i know it's really hard to do because we kind of been trained um by society to 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 behave like this but like just divorce yourself from the this is really important news is really important i really as i'm a news journalist and i say this <laughs> i'm an online news journalist and i say this but i i think it is um it's it's the only way it's really hard to do but you know maybe the on holiday um you can do this maybe we have some listeners to the show who uh, have done this or have their own approaches and would like to share that with us, uh, please, Private Citizen Press. Um, as with everything you've heard on this, you can please, you're free to give us feedback on the feedback. Um, so, and, and if you have any practical solutions for this kind of problem, let us know. Maybe I can also learn something new. Um, anyway, India Charlie continues. Uh, and a point regarding the nuclear threats issue. I'm not an expert in this area, though I've heard talks from people who are supposedly well-informed, mainly serving and retired high-ranking British military officers. Someone explained to me that for Putin to use a nuke, e.g. a small tactical one, would be more about signaling and posture. Quote, we're strong and are actually prepared to use them, end quote. Much like the USA did to Japan at the end of World War II, although that was not a... 
Yeah, maybe it was about signaling and posture, but they killed uh, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. Well, if you take in all the cancer cases, probably. Like, that was a... Um, you know, that that, 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 that was a, a military uh, war crime. That was, that was a war crime. Right? You, they basically uh, killed civilians in a, in a very horrible way, way. But, you know, this is just me interjecting on one of my pet peeves um uh much like the usa did to japan at the end of world war ii quote we can keep doing this to your cities if you don't back down um well which was kind of a thing to do in world war ii because it was like the first time right and then we kind of um decided that we would do that anymore um Obviously, this doesn't work against nuclear armed states, um, MID, mutual assured destruction, but it might be possible for Putin to perform a test shot for small nuke on a deserted on, on a deserted RF territory to send a signal. So R- Russian Federation territory to send a signal would be huge escalation provocation as nuclear tests haven't been done for years, but not one which would immediately provoke a retaliation from NATO. Uh, personally, I think it, this is possible, but unlikely. Yeah, I think I, you know, aside from the train, which was a completely bullshit story, I, w- I think I agree with your analysis. Um, I do think for a test, they would have to announce it first, even if they nuked their own country. Um, right? I mean, even the fucking North Koreans generally do that. Um, but even if they didn't do it, uh, yeah, it, it would be an escalation, but it wouldn't lead to, like, more nukes, right? If they just, like, went to somewhere on Russian Federation territory near Ukraine. And we're not talking, like, any of the disputed territories, right, that Ukraine says are part of, or just, historic until eight, nine years ago had been part of Ukraine, let's put it that way. Um, and we're not talking Crimea, right? But, like, somewhere... I don't know. You know, on the on the Russian side of the border, then that would be an incredible escalation. But it probably, I agree, if you wouldn't trigger a NATO response, because what what do you do? <laughs> Launch the ICBMs? Like what? Um, I think it would lead to NATO moving a hell of a lot of troops uh, into the general region, right? And and probably uh, preparing some other stuff that they might have. Uh, as part of nuclear deterrence. But, um, yeah. Hmm. And I also had an email, this is the last point, and kind of our last feedback, from Daryl. And uh, Daryl said on this episode, although this is more general, and I'll get into that as well here as a, as a last part of the show, uh, Daryl said, I really enjoy the podcast and hope you can continue finding great sources of material. Um, so far, that hasn't been the problem. problem has been finding time to do the research and recording it but yeah the um, it, it generally uh, topics there are topics everywhere um in episode 126 which i'm currently in the middle of you talk about how unscientific christianity is because we accept beliefs that can't be proven uh there are many things people accept that can't be proven i love my wife and i'm sure you love your wife well i i do very much but how can you prove it? We can demonstrate what we call evidence of our love, but no scientific proof. The same goes for many laws of nature and mathematics. Uh, general relativity, which like much science is based on, uh, which like much science 
uh, is based on a theory. Even the Euclidean axiom of parallel lines can't be proven because we cannot draw infinitely long parallel lines to prove that they never intersect. TLDR, there are many things we accept as truth, even though they are just theories. We don't have yet have the technology or knowledge to prove them absolutely. Um, let me uh, respond to this, and uh, I don't, please let me preface this that I don't mean this personally, right? This is just also just an opinion, but um, I, I don't know if you're actually serious with this. Or if this is kind of like, I don't know, kind of meant to draw me out a little bit. Um, but if this is meant as you wrote it, that then I don't, un don't think you understand scientific thinking. And uh, I did an episode. Oh, I didn't link this, so I'll have to. Well, by the time you listen to this, it'll be in the show notes. Um, as we record this, um, I have to look up what episode that was. Um, oh, God. No, wrong button. Uh, um, wrong button. That is not what we want. Um, scientific method. The scientific method. Episode 63, where I attempt to explain this. Okay, so um, let me let me try. Let me let. Me, okay, I'm gonna take you at face value, and I'm I'm gonna take the bait. Um, and I'm going to try to explain here, right? Um, let's take it from the top. Um, you say that Christianity is unscientific. Well, you know, the belief in God is inherently unscientific for a very simple reason, because religion um, and, you know, all major religions actually pretty much state this. Certainly the Bible does in, in many, 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 many cases. Um, that belief in God is belief. It's not about, it's It's specifically not about, it doesn't need to be proven, right? If you, you know, and, and personally, I think you can, it's kind of like, you know, my stance on uh, transgender and whatever, what, what you do in your private life, I don't care. I'm just, you know, talking to you about this because you brought this up um, in reference to the show. Um, so, Religion is bad by definition about you don't need to prove anything. You, your belief in God is your belief in God, and that um, that is all you need. Right? There needs to be no proof. Uh, I personally, as a scientific thinking person, think that is stated because there is no proof, and you can can't find one. But you know that's a different discussion for another day. Then you can say, you know, I love my wife. That is true, but like that is also that doesn't have any bearing on the discussion because um, uh, I agree with you that you can't prove that or I can't prove that um, but I'm not hinging my worldview on that right I don't that doesn't that doesn't um, affect anything right I'm not making I'm not making political discussions based on that right but um, so if I can say so if I built the very first plane Right, and I say I built this machine, uh, and and it will go into the sky safely, and you will fly like a bird, and then it will land safely, and you will be okay. And I say, kind of like I love my wife. This is a fact, but I can't prove it. You have to trust me on this. Or I use the scientific approach and say, okay, here's my reasoning why this plane will fly, um, because 
this is how air works and and how you know uh you know there's less if i build the wings like this this way then there's less molecules under the wings and and the, there'll be pressure that pushes the wings up which will carry the plane if it goes fast enough and you'll be okay right um it's a much better argument than the first one so this this whole i agree that i can prove that but that doesn't really matter because it doesn't affect society in any way i'm not asking you to to put your life in my hands or you know to vote for me on the on the unprovable assumption or uh, assertion that I love my wife, right? So that's kind of like not part of, uh, it's kind of doesn't really apply here. Uh, but then you, you just talk about like, there's, um, same goes for many laws of nature and mathematics and there, there I would disagree. Um, and I would like to leave mathematics out of this because mathematics is very complicated. And to me, I've always had a, very difficult um, relationship with math. Uh, for me, mathematics is not so much of a science. Mathematics is more of a philosophy. It's kind of you build you're building a system that in itself, uh, like co like that that in itself, um, um, like uh, what's the what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's it's consistent, right? It's in itself consistent, and you can use it to explain the world, and you can use it to invent things, and 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 also to prove things. But it's all within this system, right? And it's that system in itself is very like there there are areas of science that are almost like philosophy. I mean, the other reason is the uh, the other thing you talk about is the uh, general principle of relativity, and if you read. I've read Hawkins' great book, um, A Short History of Time, on this. He explains how this is basically philosophy because, um, well, I mean, there are things we, 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 we have been now been able to observe, kind of like how he won that bet about black holes. But like when, when that was all like created, you know, when, they, when he came up with this, it's, or Einstein came up with this, it's all like it's, it's completely philosophy. So, so Einstein looked at like what kind of, things we can observe about the universe and then logically extrapolated them out into an area we cannot observe. Like he's talking about the speed of light and like the, the speed of light itself makes it impossible to observe certain things, right? So um, like if you have an object that goes at nearly the speed of light, you can't see it. Um, and, and, and stuff like that. So it's, that is like almost philosophy. But it is philosophy, kind of like math, done in a scientific mindset. And the scientific mindset is, um, is not about, science is not about proving something finally. Science is about always. Science is only approaches fact. Science, that's the other episode I did about, about, oh, which, oh God, now I have to look that up. Um, which episode was that? Was that 62, I think? I'm going to link both of those in the show notes. Private Citizen Press. Um, no, uh, 64, the next episode, The Problem with Facts. Um, science doesn't really deal with facts as much as people think. Um, science science is almost, almost always about building a model. And you build a model that is as close as you can get it to reality. So close to reality that you really, in your 
experiments can't tell the difference. But it, science is never about, I have proven this and the discussion rests. A real scientist, and I'm, I'm going to do an episode about this um, and mixing this up with, with, with journalism soon. A real scientist always doubts. You always have to doubt, right? Somebody says, hey, Watson and Crick come along. They say, this is what the DNA looks like. And then, then you have 50 years of making experiments and, and, and building things, building like drugs that work because of this model. Uh, but it, the, the scientists will never say, well, that's how DNA looks. We looked at it now through like a special electromagnet. That's how it looks like. No, it's like, that's what we think it looks like. That you can't be surprised when tomorrow somebody comes along and says, well, actually, it's the other, it's different. It's, it won't be, most of the time, would be radically different, but it'd be like, it's a little bit different. It actually looks a bit, a little bit different, like, like this, right? And the fact that when, when physicists go, this is how a, an atom is built and this is how electrons work, that's a model. It's a very good model because we can, we can, uh, we can do, we can, I think we can split the atom and it makes a huge boom and again, the whole town is, city is gone. So, you know, there must be a lot that's true about this model, but it doesn't mean this is in the end actually what an atom looks like. It might look different, but we are close enough that we can use it to um, manipulate reality. And that is always what science is about. Science is never about proving it and then saying, well, we've proven it, let, let's move on. Well, you move on, but like... Somebody else comes along and looks at the same thing and says, this is, a, this is different. And that is, in a nutshell, the difference between science and religion. Because religion is not like that at all. Because religion starts all of religion, doesn't matter what religion, uh, well, I think, uh, even shit like Scientology, um, well, that's not God. Although, yeah, they have that weird guy that blew up those planes on the volcanoes zados or whatever his fucking name is um, you know but let's talk about you know christianity christianity presupposes that god exists that is like your that's the, on on your outset whereas the scientist goes okay it, it it looks like God exists. Well, if he was like of the same persuasion, you know, scientists in let's say the 1800s or whatever, uh, it looks like God exists. But uh, you know, you know, we have to make ex we have to do experiments. I have to do an experiment. Um, and that's that's the thing. And then the scientist goes on a hill and says, "God, if you're there, strike me down with lightning." And if you don't, I won't believe in you. And then nothing happens, right? Um, and then the scientist goes home and, and says, okay, this experiment kind of um, would point in the direction that God doesn't exist. Because all I know about God, or some of it, <laughs> you know, the Old Testament, I should really be that now. Um, but, but, you know, the scientist doesn't go, okay, this proves that God doesn't exist. He's just like, okay, this is an indicator that maybe God doesn't exist, but maybe he does. Who knows, right? But that's like very different to starting out with, hey, yeah, God exists. Um, and I don't care what you think, like in your personal life, but, you know, when you build my airplanes and when you run my country and, and when you want to start a war, 
then then I object to this kind of shit, right? Um, there's a reason the Wehrmacht's motto and the Swedish army's motto, by the way, was was God mit uns, you know, God God with us. Um, we had the Crusades. Uh, we have people blowing up airplanes. Um, we have all these crazy people um, who do this kind of stuff. And there are crazy people everywhere. But generally, scientists don't blow up planes to prove that uh, the, the black hole exists or whatever, right? Scientists generally don't do that, which is why I'm on the side of of scientists. And I, 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 I strongly support and will fight for your right to believe whatever you want um, at home in your private life but I strongly have the opinion that if we in a in an age after the renaissance um, you know that we've, we've, we've as a society we've, we've progressed out of the middle ages and that we should now build our state um, based on the foundation that you can do at home whatever you want but religion has for me no, absolutely no place in the state um, and it, 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 it hurts me to no end that in Germany we have political parties who are very until very recently um, were in the government we have a Christian in the name like what, what does that have to do with anything um, you know I mean, it's kind of like putting pumpkin in you know, the pumpkin party. That would that's harmless, but you know, Christianity is not harmless. Christianity has killed millions upon millions of people in the last two thousand years. Um, you know, history is rife with the history is drowning in the dead uh, that have been killed in the name of one god or the other. Which is why I kind of really don't like religion personally. But you know uh, that is not. It really isn't an attack against against you. Um, what, what would be an, another example? Um, I also don't like people like cilantro, right? But again, coming back to the point, that seems to be it should have been the title of the episode: um, respect, Res- mutual respect. Um, let's respect our differences. We're all very different. We all believe different things. Uh, and we should be able to communicate and discuss these things openly and we should not discriminate against other people because they have other beliefs and that that goes to um you know whatever whatever they think their identity is what clothes they like to wear uh, what they do on sunday um or what they, what they think about god or whatever um i think we should all just accept that we're all all very different and that we can get along even though you know, we are largely very different. And with that, um, that concludes the feedback. Um, if you have any feedback on this feedback or on other things that I've discussed during uh, this episode or previous episodes, please go to Private Citizen Press. Details how to contact me are in the show notes. <laughs> Um, that just leaves me to say that um, you know you can come become a producer on the show by writing in, being on the forum, 
uh, discussing, engaging with me or with other producers, and that is very much appreciated. But I also uh, need someone to foot, put food on the table. I kind of need to uh, earn some money here because let's face it, um, I'm alienating politicians. I'm alienating all the other journalists at some point. Nobody will pay me for anything anymore uh, because I like to speak my mind. Um, and uh, religions, I'm alienating religions and, and, and also uh, uh, all the people who think J.K. Rowling's a turf, uh, alienating them as well. So um, until I have my novel done and uh, it's a bestseller, I kind of need to make money uh, where I can. And you can help me out um, by tossing a coin to your podcast over here. Uh, you be can become a patron on Patreon or uh, send me money directly uh, via PayPal, via producers at Fab Industries. All the details are in the show notes, private citizen not press. Uh, but please don't feel pressured to do so because the show is produced under the value for value model, which means, you know, just if you derive value from it, consider to give value back, but you don't have to. That's, you know, that's why you get it for free. And I also don't want to, you know, I really don't want to make you feel bad. Um, also, like in these times, um, where all the prices have just increased massively for pretty much everyone. It's completely understandable if you don't have any money to spare. Um, anyway, uh, there were some people who had some money to spare to um, help me uh, produce this episode, which is why I would like to thank them. Galteran, Rodane the Insane. Stefos, Butterbeans, thanks to all of you. Thanks to Michael Small, I1I11G, Jonathan M. Hitai, Michael Mullen Jensen, Jaroslav Lichtblau, Dave, Jackie Plage, Sandman616, IKN, Bennett Piata, Rizal, Vlad, Avis, Joe Poser, Dick Didi, Fadi Mansour, Kai Sears, David Potter, Mika, Cam, Mr. Amish, Indie Game X, Robert Forster, Captain Eckhead, RJ Tracy, Crunkle, Rick Bragg, Ricky M, Barry Williams, Jonathan Astro C, Super User D, Super User D, and Florian Pigosh. And uh, Jonathan says, I said his name right. Once again, I'm full of, full of winning, full of tiger blood tonight. Um, right, let's get the fuck out of here because it's actually after 12. Um, but you haven't heard that I did this episode because I said that in the beginning this episode's officially released on the 12th of October and um, it's just it's just uh, the, 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 the I don't know the American it's uh, the American time zone we're in we're in America right now this show has come to you live from Düsseldorf Texas where we like country music we like big trucks and we like to shoot in the air <laughs> anyway, uh, also thanks to my Twitch subscribers, Mike the Dane, Bacon the Pork, Redeemer F, Galtaran, John Thane, 4747, Elter Gym, MT Sauro, uh, P. Kemer, Indi, Indigo Charlie, and Captain Egghead. Lots of these uh, are supporting the show uh, multiple ways, which is amazing. You can do so on Twitch. Uh, I am stream, stream these episodes when I can on Twitch, obviously. Um, and you can also subscribe for free with your Amazon Prime, Twitch Prime Gaming 
Jeff Bezos bucks if you want to. Uh, it all helps. It's all appreciated. All of it is appreciated. I also appreciate ByteMark at ByteMark.co.uk, British cloud hosting company who give me the servers and the bandwidth to host these audio files for free. And without them, I couldn't do the show. So thanks to ByteMark. And that's it. And as I, as I said, I have to get out of here. So um, the theme song for this show is called Acoustic Rules by Raul Cabezali. And I am going to play you out with the song Muy Loca by Beba, which uh, reminds me of the weekend. Um, and I had a very good time on the weekend. Uh, I was uh, in uh, Alicante. Uh, and uh, I was very lucky because my chiringuito was still open, so I spent the weekend on the beach, which was amazing. And uh, this song uh, reminds me of my chiringuito. So we're gonna, we're gonna to, which is a, a beach bar in, in, in Spanish. Um, I was there strictly on uh, business, supporting uh, science. So uh, also just hang out at the beach at like 27 degrees in October. It's pretty amazing. Um, yeah. And I flew back on the <laughs> on the uh, Borussia Dortmund uh, Airbus, which was pretty cool. And I, that, that, I liked that. That was good. Uh, I don't know. There probably were some uh, Bayern Munich fans who weren't happy about that. Uh, but I was, I, was, I was ecstatic. That was pretty cool. Um, anyway, this is uh, Muy Loca by Beba. And uh, I'll be back next week uh, unless... I catch a bullet or something, uh, which uh, toy, toy, toy. I, I don't, I don't, I don't hope will happen. Until then, um, you know, it is just Whedon, just to rub the salt in the wound here. But uh, still, and to misbehave. Yeah.